from the Mercy One Studio. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. It's time to hear from the top Christian litigators in the nation who have come forward to tell us the truth and help us defend our faith. Hear ye, hear ye. All rise. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Menno is in session. Had a good Thursday morning from the Mercy One Studios in West Des Moines. I'm Deacon Mike Mantle here with Gina No. Gina, how are you this morning? I'm well, Deacon. No toothpaste Mike. explosions this I morning? I have had a very calm mundane morning, so this will, I'll, I'll be in the game you're, today. You're, you're mellowed out <laughs> yes. right now. We don't fall asleep on us. <laughs> we won't, no, absolutely not. We have some good topics today. I think we do. We're going to have uh, Tyson Langhofer, a senior counsel at Alliance Defending Freedom. We're going to talk about this little girl that had a mask that she was wearing in school that said, Jesus loves me, and she was told she could not wear that. We've talked about this before, but that case is still going on, right. and so he's going to bring us up to date on that, and a and few other things. There's a Des Moines connection in that case, isn't there? Does this affect, does the Tinker uh, case from the Roosevelt yeah. High School kind of? That is interesting, because Tinker, for, uh, I think it was from Roosevelt or Tech High Schools, so I think it may have been Roosevelt, I think so. during the Vietnam War, these kids wore black armbands to school protesting the war. And they were kicked out. They were told they had to remove the armbands. And the case went up to the Supreme Court, where the Supreme Court said, no, kids don't lose their constitutional rights uh, just because they enter the schoolhouse. And that's the Tinker case. And that's a, an old case, 70s or 60s? Well, that was back during the Vietnam War. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... So that'll be an interesting story to, to bring us up to speed on what's going on. I know we've discussed her uh, mask and the the uh, interactions with the schools prior to the, today. It'll be good to get an update. And, then, and there's a nice little backstory on uh, Lydia Booth, who's the little girl involved, the third third grader involved. And uh, she, as I read once, she want, wants to be a, a missionary. She's very devout and apparently from a very devout family. Well, let me remind everyone that the children at Fatima also brought us some very controversial messages, mm-hmm. and they were quite young and um, and faith-filled. Yeah, the interesting thing about the children at, in Fatima is a lot of the stuff they didn't understand w- what they were talking about. Exactly. And, and uh, so when they spoke about Russia, uh, when Our Lady spoke about Russia, uh, Lucia, the oldest of the three, who I think was 10 at the time, 10 or 11, she thought she was talking about a girl, Russia. She thought it was a girl's name. She didn't well, realize what it was. They yeah. were a little back village in Portugal, I That's believe, right. and they right. uh, had no way of knowing uh, the political going on, goings on around the world, and yet their messages were very targeted to those political That's right. I'm reading a book right now. Uh, I think the the author's name is Antonio uh, Sauchi or something like that, and uh, he's done an investigation into the third secret, and uh, Mary gave them three secrets, two which we know, and one was not revealed was supposed to have been revealed in 1960, which it was not. And there's been a lot of controversy about that. The book I'm reading is called The Fourth Secret. 
and uh, and he explores all these different uh, opinions and these different um, uh, arguments about whether the secret was revealed. Remember in two thousand when uh, they Pope John Paul they talked about the uh, bishop in white climbing a hill being shot at right and uh, and that that was the third secret but there was no explanation to it and um, and so there's a there's a lot going on there and i've been re- i've been re- really interested in kind of all things marion and so this book uh, uh i got this and uh, and, I, and it's been an interesting book well if you can't tell um, i'm a married person you know our guest a couple of weeks ago Monsignor celebrating yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i tell you you're spending a weekend with that guy he knows all really his Mariology. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His we, book was pretty thick. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. And and he's written a number of articles that have appeared in different journals, too. So anyway, and then we're going to talk to Matt Lamb, who is the assistant editor of the College Fix. Uh, there's a, a situation going on in Colorado, at Colorado State University, that's very similar to what happened at the University of Northern Iowa a couple of months ago, or maybe last year sometime, where a pro-life student group, in this case it's a clinic, is being protested uh, by the university student senate, and they're claiming that they distort things and they're, uh, you know, they're, some of the, the women students are saying they're intimidated by having this on campus and all sorts of craziness, but they passed this resolution condemning this thing. The organization. And, uh, and so we have uh, Matt on to talk about that. You might remember we had Matt on last year. He was coming by on the interstate, and we, we had him on cell phone. We talked to him. He was probably in the Des Moines area about the time that he was on the air with us. But anyway, so that's what we got coming up. College Fix is a great organization. College they really Fix, right. um, help our students uh, practice their journalism with the freedom to to speak. And that's right. It's student run. And they put yeah. out um, um, stories that are relevant on college campuses. A lot of them affect uh, religious liberties. Right. The collegefix.com is their uh, website, and anybody can go there and look at what they're doing. Yeah, they it's take very... submissions from any college student that's in right. any campus. That's right. And they and... have a number of, of student reporters that are from the different obviously different colleges around the country that are writing these stories. Right. And these are people that aren't afraid to poke the bear, you know? <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, they see something wrong and they write about it. Right. Unlike the current crop of media that we have in the national level that sees no evil, hears no evil, and speaks no evil. Exactly. You know, they just kind of hide themselves. And Exactly. Exactly. So... I'll begin the program maybe with a prayer. I was wondering what you're doing with the computer. I, I, I guess I, I guess you got the prayer. Yeah, on it. All right, I brought up my prayer. Well, let's open with a prayer then, Gina. I have to read it. It's from the Pope I read Benedict. Yes. Prayer to Saint Michael too, because the last thing you want to do on the air is to botch the or botch the Hail Mary or the Our Father. <laughs> I always have those things. Things in front you've of known me. for Just, years, yeah, right? Yeah. Anyway, I'll begin within the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of peace, bring your peace to our violent world. Peace in the hearts of all men and women, and peace among the nations of the earth. Turn to your way of love, those whose hearts and minds are consumed with hatred, and strengthen us in hope. And give us the wisdom and courage to work tirelessly for a world where true peace and love reign among nations and in the hearts of all. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Gina. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio, and we will be back in just a couple of minutes with Tyson Langhofer, Senior Counsel at the Alliance Defending Freedom. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Lee and Eddie in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. Blessman International partners with volunteers and donors to provide sustainable programs for children in South Africa by leading a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with vulnerable children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at blessmaninternational.org. That's blessmaninternational.org. Thank you, Blessman International, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and the Uncommon Good provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences, where you can chart your course for more. This is Bo Bonner. And I'm Dr. Bud Marr from the Uncommon Good. Mercy College provides unparalleled clinical rotations, hands-on learning, accelerated education, and flexible schedules. Since 1899, Mercy College has been transforming students into healthcare professionals. Guided by Catholic values, our faculty put classroom theory into practice. Students are prepared for roles in service and leadership throughout their own careers. Learn more at mchs.edu. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full-service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at BigRedQ-DesMoines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Lee and Eddie in the Morning provided by Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Bell Construction. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Catholic Women Now provided in part by Permar Security, providing security solutions for homes and businesses since 1953. Permar Security is a Catholic-owned family business supplying security systems, access control systems, video surveillance, fire alarm systems, and video doorbells. All alarm systems are monitored out of their monitoring center located in the state of Iowa. Permar Security, 515-244-5660, permarsecurity.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Tyson Langhofer is a senior counsel at the Alliance Defending Freedom. He's been a guest in a program before, and uh, he's always brought us some good information. Tyson, how are you this morning? Well, I'm doing well. Good. Thanks for having me. Good. That, well, thank you for joining us. Uh, we wanted to talk to you about, uh, I guess her name is Lydia Booth, the little girl with the Jesus Loves Me mask. But before we get to uh, Lydia, uh, I noticed you uh, were on our program one time talking about uh, Jack Denton from the um, Florida State University, the university student body president who was unceremoniously dumped because of some Catholic his Catholic faith. Um, and I understand that uh, uh, there was just a settlement reached in that case. Can you fill us in on that? Sure, absolutely. We were uh, very thankful that um, after we filed the lawsuit, we uh, a federal court 
entered an injunction which um, required Florida State to begin paying uh, Jack for the, the salary that he was supposed to be receiving as president of the Senate. And then several weeks later, the student Supreme Court entered an order uh, reinstating Jack as the president for the remainder of his term. And so um, after those two things happened, um, Florida State, uh, we began negotiations with them, and they ag- agreed um, to pay him, uh, pay Jack for the, all the salary that he lost for the time that he was removed, uh, along with $10,000 in damages and some attorney's fees for us. But more importantly, they they issued a statement reaffirming that you know, religious students have every right to serve in the student senate at Florida State and that they cannot be discriminated against simply because of their religious beliefs. And that was really what Jack was out after here. He, you know, he didn't want any other student to have to undergo what he did, which was being removed simply for living um, consistent with his Catholic faith. Yeah, it was interesting because I think that what got him into trouble with the other students were comments that he made in a Catholic chat room defending the orthodoxy of the Catholic religion. That's absolutely the case. There were discussions from a, in, in a group chat. There was a Catholic student union group chat, and the Catholic student union is one of the largest student groups at Florida State. It's very active. People know what, what they do and what they believe, that they advocate for the Catholic faith, so it's no, no surprise to people that Catholic students in the Catholic student union would actually be discussing Catholic doctrine, and that's exactly what Jack was doing in a loving manner, simply saying, hey, you know, you need to be aware that if you go watch this video, it's going to be supporting organizations that that um, promote views which are contrary to, to basic Catholic doctrine. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's good to know those Florida courts understand the First Amendment. It absolutely is that, and you know, one thing that we can be thankful for is that even though our rights are under attack, we are still winning these cases. And when when people like Jack have the courage to stand against cancel culture, we can win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's very true, and uh, I'm happy to see that that turned out okay for Jack. Gets a little money in his pocket to go off uh, on his new career. Yeah, I guess he's graduated, hasn't he? He's graduated, and he's getting ready to get married here in a couple weeks, and he just uh, began a job at the North Carolina legislature. Very good. Well, that wow. $10,000 will give him a good honeymoon, I think. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, good for him. Good Thank for you him. for doing that. Let's talk about uh, Lydia Booth. Um, and you can bring us up to date, and maybe for those who don't know the story, you can kind of start from the beginning, because this, uh, I, I read in Faith and Justice magazine that you put out the story about Lydia, and she's an interesting little girl. Yeah, she absolutely is. She's, uh, you know, Lydia's a third grader in, in rural Mississippi, and uh, Lydia loves Jesus, and she believes that she's called to be a missionary uh, when she grows up. And, and uh, when, when, when school started back up this fall, there was a mandatory mask requirement, and so she wanted to wear a mask that kind of expressed her um, her uh, her faith. And so she wrote, wore, she and her mom designed a mask that said, Jesus loves me. Very simple message that uh, seems pretty uncontroversial. Um, and uh, she wore it to school a couple times and didn't have any problems, but uh, the, I think the third time or so she wore it, uh, so the one teacher said, you can't do that. Um, and when she went home and told her mom that, her mom was looked at the rules and couldn't find anything that, that said she couldn't do it. So she wore it again, and this time the, the principal said, uh, you must take that mask off. And I'm sorry, the, uh, her teacher, one of her teachers, said that you must take the mask off and gave her a replacement mask. 
And when her mom uh, then talked to the principal later that day, she asked where the rule was, and the, the principal really couldn't point her to any rule. Um, later in the day, she talked with a, a superintendent who sent her a, a restart plan, and the, and the plan said uh, in there that there were no religious uh, or political um, messages allowed on masks. Um, now, the interesting thing about that was that, that her mom had looked through all of the um, policies, and that wasn't in there. And so when she went and did some research, she found that that policy had been modified about an hour earlier before she spoke to the superintendent, and it had been modified to add that one little phrase in there about the mask, because it was not in there at the time that they had enforced it against her. So they uh, retroactively essentially tried to modify the policy to justify um, their, uh, their, you know, telling Lydia that she couldn't wear this mask. And Lydia's mask wasn't the only political statement on masks being worn at the school at the time. No, absolutely not. I mean, this was this you know this was a a, a school wide policy. So you had high schoolers, and you had middle schoolers, and, and elementary schoolers, and you had teachers wearing them as well. And many of them wore you know masks with their favorite uh, sports team. Some wore masks with Black Lives Matter and, and other political type statements. Um, and and were not you know uh, aware that those masks were targeted in any way. Uh, and the only one we're aware of is that you know that Lydia was told specifically you can't do this, and, and specifically. Specifically, they targeted religious speech. But what we know very clearly about the First Amendment is you cannot discriminate against uh, students because of their religious beliefs. Um, if you allow any sort of content or speech on the masks, then you have to. You cannot discriminate based on the content or the viewpoint. And saying you can't have a religious speech that is discriminating based on the viewpoint of that speech. These kind of cases seem to be um, growing in number across the country. Uh, is there a reason for that? You know, I think it's this it's this growing notion, a uh, 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 growing movement of cancel culture, where people believe that if there's some, they see some message that they disagree with, they have the right to demand that the the authorities eradicate that from the public view, and that's just wrong. That's not con- that's contrary to the First Amendment. Um, you know that that no no public school student should be singled out for peacefully sharing their religious beliefs with fellow students, especially when others are allowed to sp- share similar. Uh, you know other types of messages on their masks. I can understand students making a complaint against other students, but when you have the teachers telling, the, like little Lydia, to take off her mask because it's not allowed in the school, uh, you've got people who have been educated, who should know what the rules are. You've got a superintendent in this case, and maybe a principal too, uh, that, is, uh, that, that should know better. Well, it, it, I agree that there there should be that knowledge, but unfortunately, you know, I we we represent students and faculty across the country at both K through 12 and and public universities, and and there is a real lack of understanding. Again, they modified this specific policy to specifically say no political or religious speech. That is a clear content of viewpoint, uh, you know, targeting, and and it's clearly prohibited. Yet that was what was done. I mean, thankfully, after we filed a lawsuit, they had allowed Lydia to begin wearing the mask again and have have modified that policy, and so we're very thankful that, that Lydia was brave enough to take the stand um, and, and to get that policy modified for all students, because, you know, all students should feel free to, to be able to express themselves at school, especially, uh, and, and not be targeted for their religious speech. 
before no. the start, the, before the show started, um, Deacon Mike and I were discussing a, a, a famous Iowa case here in Des Moines, Iowa, at the uh, Roosevelt High School, the Tinker case uh, that went all the way to the Supreme Court that um, uh, talked about how what the school did in setting that policy and what the school did in having her remove her mask were violations of her rights as as a student. That you, they don't lose their First Amendment rights at the at the door. That, no, that's absolutely right. I mean, that the, the famous quote from that is that 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 you know public school students don't don't give up their uh, or forfeit their First Amendment freedoms at the schoolhouse gate, um, and and that was affirmed back in you know back in the early seventies and Tinker, and and it's been reaffirmed time after time, and and so you know um, that that's what Lydia's fighting for here, and and uh, you know where Lydia stands, regardless of whether you agree with her uh, position or not, um, that the position she's taking is a position that protects everyone's freedom of speech. And, and that's something that, that I think in this divided time, we could all come behind and say that everyone should have the right to speak their message and not be targeted because of their beliefs. Now, where does the case stand right now? When I, when I read Faith and Justice, uh, I guess it was last month or so, uh, that case was still pending. Yeah, we are. Um, we're waiting on a ruling uh, from the court on a couple of motions. Some, uh, and once those... Uh, go forward or once those are ruled upon then we'll we'll know the 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 status from there but you know we had we our goal was to get the the policy modified and for the for the school to acknowledge that what they did to to Lydia was wrong and and that's all we're seeking and we'd love for the you know the school to um, acknowledge that and we'd be willing to to settle it if that if that's the case but essentially we're 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 uh, making sure that um, we are able to um uh have, obtain a ruling that Lydia's rights were violated. Okay, but the um, the school is still standing its ground. Well, they have. Denied. Yeah, we've not been able to reach an agreement yet. Okay. They have again allowed her to wear the masks, and they have modified the policy. Um, but uh, but the, the they have not yet acknowledged that they violated Lydia's rights, um, and and uh, that the, you know, and so we've, we're we're seeking still to vindicate um, you know that violation. Well, I think it's really important in in terms of all these cases throughout the country that we have more and more precedents, and so I applaud you for continuing this this uh, battle. Yeah. There's, go ahead, Tyson. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it is important. You're right because uh, obviously, what we thought was a, a pretty, pretty um, uh, straightforward question that should be established. Um, clearly, this, this, this public school did not believe so, and so I do think it's important to establish clearly and to send a message throughout the country that that school districts can't treat religious students differently than other students. When you talk about sending a message, and there's been something bouncing around in several cases across the country about uh, these uh, uh, st- student or these, these uh, school officials uh, not uh, being able to hide under qualified immunity. And there's a couple of cases that I know of where the courts have kind of pierced that a little bit and said, now they don't have qualified immunity because they should have known what they were doing. Um, what is the status of that? Do you know? Well, we have a case pending right now before the Supreme Court where we're asking the Supreme Court to, to make clear um, that that public school officials shouldn't um, receive some uh, special uh, – they should be treated the same as everybody else. And what we've seen across the country is that the courts – some courts have actually ruled that, that public uh, university officials uh, should be presumed to be acting in good faith. 
And, and that's just the, the wrong standard. We shouldn't uh, presume that when government officials have power to shut off other people's, um, you know, speech, we, we don't, we don't assume that they have that right and they should be held to a high standard. And so we're, we're, we are seeking to clarify that and to ensure that, um, you know, that, that these officials don't just have complete discretion to determine what speech is allowed on school property and what is not. What the qualified immunity does is it protects the individual uh, administrators from uh, liability for their actions, um, and 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 that's what's being attacked right now. Correct? That's correct. I mean, essentially, it 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 shields them from any sort of liability when they violate uh, people's right. clearly established constitutional rights. And and most of the time, we're not talking about substantial damages, but what we are talking about is is uh, being able to obtain a judgment that said what you did was wrong and that shouldn't happen again, and that sends a signal to every uh, public official across the country and makes it clear you can't do that, and that's really what we're seeking. This really isn't about obtaining some large amount of damages. It's about making it very clear to government officials across the country that in these types of cases, you can't take these types of actions. Right. Right, and and I and I think you're totally right on that. That uh, this qualified immunity has to be looked at with these uh, uh, school officials because the the cases have been pretty clear. You can read between the lines and see what the rules are, and um, and yet they continue to go the other way. They they do unfortunately, um, but uh, but again we're you know the, here's the good news for for your listeners uh, when people are willing to stand we can win we we've got about a 91 percent win rate and at the Center for Academic Freedom and we've obtained over 435 victories over the last 15 years and so what we're seeing is that individuals that are willing to to stand and say I, I'm not going to allow my rights to be violated um, they can win and so I just want to encourage your listeners yeah that you know we're 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 seeing um, you know a lot of hostility. Um, but the law is still really strong, and we just need to, to continue to stand and hold our ground um, and, and continue to fight for those rights to protect all people. And if anyone needs any assistance from you or needs, wants to follow any of these cases years, how do they do that? You can go to adflegal.org, adflegal.org, and you can uh, follow all of our, our cases there. And, and, you know, we'd love your support financially. Uh, we do all this pro bono. And so if you have any, uh, uh, if you, if you want to help support Lydia and, and others like her, uh, we'd, lo- we'd love your support. Yeah, and it's very valuable that you have that financial support. Uh, Gina, did you have something you want to start saying? No, you, you uh, Dyson, you mentioned all these cases, these 435 cases over a number of years. I wondered about the trends and, you know, oftentimes we wonder if our justice system is bending and changing and being becoming more political. Have you seen any changes in the, in the judicial system course, over the course of those uh, cases? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the, the, the continual polarization of our country has has. Uh, impact of the judiciary. It has to because judges are, are people. But the good thing is, you know, um, uh, President Trump appointed a, a lot of really, really strong judges, and that's going to have an effect on the judiciary. And I think that's going to be a good thing uh, in the long term. Um, but I, but I, I do think that, um, you know, public opinion, unfortunately, does shape the, the legal system. And so that's why it's important for all of us to remember that we must respect everybody's rights um, in this country, but it, whether we agree with them or not, we need to we need to protect the rights of people we disagree with, and we need to reduce the amount of polarization and and stand up for those 
uh, that are that are being harmed by this cancel culture, what, regardless of whether you agree with them or not. ABFlegal.org if you need some assistance or if you want to follow any of these cases. And, of course, there's a place on there where you can uh, make a donation um, if you have some spare change handy. Go ahead and do that. These people do provide all their services free to the person they represent. So they have to be financed someplace, and that's something that we can do to help them out. Yep. Thank you, Tyson. Tyson Langhofer, Senior Counsel of ADF. Thank you very much for joining us today. We'll have you back again. There'll be more stuff, I'm sure, that'll be coming up. Thank you. Thank you very much. And you're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. And Gene and I will be back in about three minutes. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. Blessman International partners with volunteers and donors to provide sustainable programs for children in South Africa by leading 12-day all-inclusive experiences, sharing the heart of Christ with vulnerable children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmanInternational.org. Thank you to Blessman International for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and the Uncommon Good provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences, where you can chart your course for more. This is Bo Bonner. And I'm Dr. Bud Marr from the Uncommon Good. Mercy College provides unparalleled clinical rotations, hands-on learning, accelerated education, and flexible schedules. Since 1899, Mercy College has been transforming students into healthcare professionals. Guided by Catholic values, our faculty put classroom theory into practice. Students are prepared for roles in service and leadership throughout their own careers. Learn more at mchs.edu. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq des Moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning provided by Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company. They specialize in residential re-roofs like commercial jobs and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Bell Construction. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Dowling Catholic Sports is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines. 515-440-4610 or online ashworthvision.com. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. Just a few clouds today with a little bit of low pressure up to our north, about 85 on our afternoon high. Clear skies overnight and low 60s, and then we warm up to 89 for the high tomorrow afternoon. Breezy and sunny, warm and fair for the weekend. The weather is brought to you by Divine Treasures, a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community for over 25 years. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. And you're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Matt Lamb.
Graham is the assistant editor of the College Fix. He's joined us before, and he's joining us again. We're going to talk about a case in Colorado. Matt, how are you this morning? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Oh, certainly. Um, last time, and I was mentioning this to uh, to Gina, last time we had you on the, on the air with us, you were traveling through Des Moines. I think we had you on your cell phone. You were heading to Omaha, as I recall. Um, right. I was actually heading, um, my father-in-law and brother-in-law lived in, um, outside of Denver. So we were heading to visit them. Okay. And that brings us to Colorado, which we want to talk about today. Um, there's a, a problem going on with the student Senate in Colorado and a crisis pregnancy clinic that's there. Can you uh, give us a little bit of the background there and then uh, tell us what's going on? Sure. So at Colorado State University, um, in Fort Collins, they, the, the student government, like you mentioned, are trying to, um, they actually, sorry, they did pass a resolution, um, which basically asked university officials to, um, to vet and to make sure that the Alpha Center, which is a, um, pregnancy resource center, um, to, you know, to vet their advertisements. They accused it of, um, disinformation. Um, I'll read, I'll quote from it. Uh, so it says, quote, um, they want them to, quote, take affirmative action to ensure organizations that partner with CSU and market resources to CSU students provide accurate and credible resources free from shame and stigma. Hmm. Unbelievable. What, what is that supposed to mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. And so the Alpha Center is run by, it seems, you know, Christian um, people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, they oppose abortion. Um, they, um, you know, want want students to to choose life, um, to have the resources available to them, um, connect them to different, you know, social services, um, diapers, um, you know, different different programs. And, um, you know, it's, it's quite interesting because I'm sure the, many of the students who support the resolution consider themselves pro-choice. Um, but, you know, no one's forced to go to this center. This is a free nonprofit near campus, but it's not on campus. It's not affiliated with the university. That just like any other nonprofit in the area has services and opportunities that students and other you know local residents are free to use or not. Um, but it's of course trying to, to it's ironically trying to stigmatize the pregnancy resource center for what it says is its own stigma. Why are they making this petition then uh, to the university? <laughs> If and, and I guess this is uh, my problem here. If the Crisis Pregnancy Center is off campus and is not affiliated right. with the campus, it's just nearby, why right. are the students making such a big thing out of this and wanting, I, I guess, the university to act in some way, but what is it they're, they're wanting the university to do? Right. So... Um so we know, for example, um, so, I, you know, I'm at the College for Canal, but I used to work for Students for Life of America, and they've done research that shows that Planned Parenthood deliberately locates within five miles of university. And so this Pregnancy Resource Center has been very successful in reaching students because, of course, um, many, you know, um, women who would find themselves um, in, in pregnancies where maybe they're not married would be college students, college women, because they're not as likely to be married as, say, maybe a 30-year-old. Um, and so, you know, these student senators are trying to use their, you know, they can't really convince the city to do anything, but what they're trying to do is convince the university to limit advertisement. Now, the problem is that 
if university officials had this policy, um, from my understanding and from dealing with free speech issues before on campus, basically every single advertisement from an outside group would have to be vetted and approved by a university official. So that means when the Red Cross wants to do a blood drive, they've got to get their posters approved. If, um, you know, the, 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 the local Democratic Party or the local Republican Party wants to do a voter registration drive, everything they um, put out there would have to be approved and fact-checked. So you now have this situation where a, you know, public university staffer is now put in the position of they have to be a fact-checker of, of advertisements. Um, I thought it was quite interesting. One of the senators said, um, quote, we've seen in the past, past, sorry, we've seen in the past faith and religion used as a tool of oppression and colonization. <laughs> I saw that. And then she mm-hmm. said, yeah, and then she said, quote, she could not, sorry, she said she could, quote, not see how this is any different. Um, talking about a, you know, Christian nonprofit that gives a free pregnancy test and help you, and helps you find, you know, assistance with food or, or living situations. She couldn't. She couldn't tell the difference. It's quite amazing to me. Now that seems to be a um, a theme that uh, runs throughout a lot of these confrontations, where uh, religion has been used uh, to discriminate and to keep people down. Um, it, it, apparently, it works because people keep using it, and schools and that continue to back down in the face of it, but what is the uh, university doing here? Have, have they made any response to this? Right. So um, at the time, I didn't see any sort of um, any response that they were going to do this. Um, I haven't checked up on it. It was only about two weeks ago that the story came out, so I'd have to do another follow-up. Um, but if, you know, I'm not an attorney, but in, from what I understand, you know, if, if they were to somehow block these advertisements, they would pretty much have to block advertisements of any outside group. Yeah. Um, when I used to deal a lot with high schools, for example, the, the high school would say, well, we don't want this group coming in on recruiting. Well, once you say, let's say, Students for Life or Turning Point USA can't recruit on campus, you have to ban all outside groups from recruiting. And I would assume it's basically the same rule for colleges, the same the same legal yeah, and in a similar vein, we just had on Tyson Langhofer mm-hmm. from the Alliance Defending mm-hmm. Freedom, who yeah, you, great guy. you may know, um, and um, uh, and he talked about a little bit about this, about preserving free speech on college campuses and things, and how uh, ADF and other organizations like them are winning these cases where the schools um, don't follow the First Amendment precepts. Right, right, exactly, yes, and Tyson's Tyson helped me out a lot at, at previous jobs I've held. Um, right, and, and that's, that's, that's exactly true. Um, and it is, you know, like I said, it, it's quite interesting that these students, of all the issues they could be dealing with, um, the, you know, if, I, I, in the article, which people can read at the College Fix, when it came out um, in May, um, you know, the, the, the director of the, the program, um, who's this, this sweet lady, comes on and talks about how a lot of their clients are um, racial minorities, how something like 97% of the people that use their services, um, you know, were thankful for them, that they had a good experience. Um, so, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. And, it, and it, it, you know, logically it has to be because this organization is pro-life, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. they don't have a resolution talking about the Red Cross or the, you know, the local food bank. So it has to be because this charitable service this organization offers is primarily aimed at 
helping women um, choose life and not have abortions, which, again, I would think if you're, I'm, I'm certainly not pro-choice, I'm certainly pro-life, but I would think if you're pro-choice, you would, why would you have an issue with this sort of um, organization, right? Because they're just helping women have a choice to choose life, whether that's parenting the child or um, placing a child for adoption. Yeah. So, of course, kind of hypocritical if you're pro-choicer to, to support this. Yeah. Uh, do you speak of hypocrisy? I read through the resolution by the Student Senate, and um, the in, the individuals representing their organizations support um, many minorities, and the hypocrisy of it is that we know that the pro-choice lobby or the pro-choice organizations or institutions target minorities. They're the... Right. Um, uh, in, in a genocidal manner, in, in my opinion, and they they don't see that they have they, they support that, right? And and you know what's even more interesting is you know we're certainly talking a lot about in the news lately you know discrimination, racial discrimination. Well, the student senators' complaint seems to be actually the opposite that this group is uh, they're not discriminating, but they're actually proactively engaging with. Um, black and Hispanic communities to ensure that they have access to to different, um, like I said, different options, whether that's connecting them to educational opportunities, connecting with them with other, you know, social service providers for, for housing or food or medical care. Um, so it seems like their opposition is actually that they've been really effective and really good at reaching out to minority communities to engage with them and, um, you know, and ensure they have the help that they need. Do you know uh, if this resolution passed unanimously, if there was some dissent to it? Um, I'm not sure. I could not find, um, I didn't, I don't remember if there was an act, uh, an exact, um, an exact vote count, um, but it certainly seemed to have a lot of votes in support. Okay. And so this is a student-run organization. It's not. It's loosely connected to the university, but they uh, have authority over the organizations, the student-led organizations on campus. Um, it, we talked in the previous portion of this program about how the Florida State University Senate, same kind of situation, right. um, canceled uh, a young man for his Catholic views, um, and he won. So do we right. see do we see any legal action in this particular situation that seems very parallel? Sure. Um, yeah, and then the, the Jack Denton case is um, definitely great. Another uh, ADF client, right? Um, right. So I, you know, again, I'm not an attorney, um, but certainly if um, a public university had rules that essentially said pro-life groups are not allowed to come on campus and recruit, but pro-choice groups are, and other groups are. It certainly would seem that there would be a, a first there amendment. There would be issue a lawsuit. There. I can guarantee you that there would be a lawsuit. Right. Uh, and again, the university probably could just say no outside groups can come in and recruit. But as soon as they let one group, they have to let all. That's right. And I think the university would be wise just to ignore it uh, because they're in no jeopardy right now. They haven't done anything to harm anybody. The university that is. Uh, so if they would, uh, if I was counsel, I would say just ignore the thing. But. But have they hired? Yeah, absolutely. Let, <laughs> no, they haven't hired students, me to do it. <laughs> absolutely. Let's let students make their choice, and and you know, informed adults. And it's and you know, maybe a student goes there and they don't particularly like the Alpha Center. They they don't find that they're helped, and that's that's okay. That's that's uh you know, that's their free choice to to choose to use a charity or not. And the Alpha Center should be free to to advertise 
their services, and, and then people can make a decision whether or not. No one's being forced to go there, is my, my main point. Yeah. Right. Uh, do you see more of this going on on college campuses now than you have before? Is it a growing phenomenon where you get uh, uh, groups that uh, are trying to block other groups from uh, entry to the campus, like we had in University of Northern Iowa a couple of months ago, where they were trying, the student senate was trying to block right. the recognition of a uh, of a, a conservative group. Fortunately, that it got appealed up to the university president, who was a stand-up guy, and said, hey, <laughs> the First Amendment is the First Amendment. They're in. You can't do anything about it. Uh, but do you see this as a growing phenomenon now? You know, I, I would say that... Um I would say two things. So one, I've seen this before um, when I was at Students for Life, where even if they didn't try to block the pro-life group, um, the university officials or student government president would send out an email, you know, warning, oh, the pro-life group is coming to campus. Um, you know, we need to, you know, just so everyone knows, they might say something that you would be offended by or um, they might stigmatize you. So I think there's, one, this sort of idea that we have to prepare people for being presented with pro-life views. The second thing I would say is that I think we've seen on a broader political um, level um, this idea of it's no longer the pro-life centers can do their work, the, pro- the, the Planned Parenthood, the abortion facilities will do their thing, and there will be a, a, there'll be a battle, of course, of course, in trying to stop Planned Parenthood, um, but that the pro-choicers now want to just completely shut up the pro-lifers. Obviously, there's been laws before to do that, but if you think about you know, um, that law in, in California a couple years ago that the, the you know, the Pregnancy Resource Center has to advertise for abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if 20... Right, and, and of course was defended by, you know, the now HHS Secretary... Xavier Becerra. Joe right. Biden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It took time from suing nuns to defend that law. Um, I think they're back suing but, nuns again now that he... <laughs> Right, and then Governor—I saw sorry, Governor Newsom's going to pay out millions to churches. Well, not really Governor Newsom, California taxpayers, but um, but anyway, to so defend to him in his think, recall election—that's that's what that is right. about. Um, but I, but I, just to say that you know, I think that we 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 see what's happening at a political level in let's say California, where they tried to force the pregnancy resource centers to promote abortions, to now going down to a, a campus level, right, where it's. Well, you have to, you know, you can't even allow them on, on campus. Um, so I, I do think that there's, there's, let's just say there's like been a shift in the, um, the strategy of the pro-choice movement. Okay. Um, and we can follow you at, is it, it's a collegefix.com? Yep. The best thing to do would be go to thecollegefix.com, and then in the top right-hand corner, hit the big blue subscribe button so that we all know there's different things going on with, Facebook and YouTube and Big Tech. Um, so if you subscribe to our emails, um, that's, that's probably one of the best ways to make sure we can always reach you. And if you got a whistleblower out there that wants to contact you, they can use that same address. Yep. yep. Our, our, um, if you, you know, there's a contact button. You can see the different editors for the, the College Fix, and you can certainly message us on, on Facebook or Twitter or shoot us an email, and, we, and we'd love to see your, your news tips. Well, we certainly appreciate your time today, and we'll have you back again because these are all interesting conversations about what's going on in college campuses today. Uh, Matt Lamb, assistant editor of the College Fix, thank you very much for joining us, and we will return in about three minutes. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio.
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and the Uncommon Good provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences, where you can chart your course for more. This is Bo Bonner. And I'm Dr. Bud Marr from the Uncommon Good. Mercy College provides unparalleled clinical rotations, hands-on learning, accelerated education, and flexible schedules. Since 1899, Mercy College has been transforming students into healthcare professionals. Guided by Catholic values, our faculty put classroom theory into practice. Students are prepared for roles in service and leadership throughout their own careers. Learn more at mchs.edu. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Dowling Catholic Sports is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, or online, ashworthvision.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Catholic Women Now provided in part by Permar Security, providing security solutions for homes and businesses since 1953. Permar Security is a Catholic-owned family business supplying security systems, access control systems, video surveillance, fire alarm systems, and video doorbells. All alarm systems are monitored out of their monitoring center located in the state of Iowa. Permar Security, 515-244-5660, permarsecurity.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Karbaka, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping. Clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks, and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Sons Naturescapes can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Sons Naturescapes online at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. And you're listening to Faith on Toronto. I'm at Catholic Radio. Gina, uh, another program in the books. And looks like we got out some pretty good information for our listeners here. Well, I, I know we talk a lot about uh, what happens on school campuses, mm-hmm. both um, elementary, college, and the like. Um, I think that those are our future leaders, and they, uh, the institutions themselves sometimes use their power, in quotes, to... Um, indoctrinate our children, but they have rights. And I think these cases that we highlight continue to identify those rights under our Constitution. I think Tyson made a good point. If you're willing to stand up, we can beat them. Right. But you have to be willing to stand up, like a little Lydia. I mean, here's what, a nine or ten-year-old girl standing up 
uh, with the, obviously the support of her family. She has a, exactly. a, a loving family. Uh, but she's standing up and saying, no, Jesus loves me. I'm going to wear the darn mask and uh, the heck with you. Well, and and they stood up and, and they got the concessions they needed. Now, what Tyson is doing and ADF is doing, which I think is, is appropriate, is to bring the thing to conclusion so that there's a definite court order. That's what they're looking for now. And it's that not school a temporary and other concession. Right. will be prohibited from doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we brought up another thing that was kind of interesting there, too, and that's this issue of qualified immunity. What qualified immunity says is that if an official is operating in good faith or whatever, uh, he cannot be held uh, personally liable. Okay? Right. Now, the school may be held liable, but the administrator personally can't be. What they're starting now is there's a trend to go into uh, this issue by saying, look, you should have known. This is your job. And oftentimes what will happen is the school administrators will say, well, uh, we have this one case and it says that we didn't have to do it. But what the one case that they had is there were unique circumstances there that provided uh, a reason. For example, firing somebody, you know, they say, well, there's a case here that says that we we could terminate the person well maybe in that case the person was being disruptive or something uh wasn't the normal run-of-the-mill discrimination case uh and so the courts are now or at least the attorneys that are promoting this are saying look if you read all of the cases you know there's a whole body of law out there that says this you cannot do and you as an administrator should know that and since you stepped on their uh, civil rights by acting, you personally have to pay. Well, you know, that kind of reminds me, or is equivalent to what's happened over the last couple decades in the area of sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. The institutions were getting tired of being sued because of the actions of their employees, and so now all human resource departments annually or quarterly require training for the employee on what is and what isn't sexual harassment and how to report it, and etc. It's a whole packet of education that the uh, the institutions or organizations or companies um, introduce to their employees so that they can be held immune from, look, we did our part. You, This is you. You should have mm-hmm. known better. We taught you. And maybe something similar to that will come out on the rights of the um, – of uh, the customers and and our students and whomever the yeah, employees are. Yeah, to go after are. the person who actually made the right. move. So to maybe there needs to be more rights. training. I guess mm-hmm. is my yeah. um, conclusion. Right. And um, talking about uh, immunity, you know that that's very popular in the news right now with our law enforcement individuals. You know they. Yeah, the, the difference there is though the law enforcement officer is usually making a split decision on the basis of what he sees in front of him. And if you take away qualified immunity from a police officer, um, would he ever fire back if somebody pulled a gun on him? Right. Because he could be sued personally then. And it's not that necessarily he would be sued successfully, but he would be required to defend himself and he'd be two, three years in court and uh, somebody would put a settlement offer in front of him and they'd agree to pay up just to get rid of it. And that, that opens up a different door when you talk about 
uh, qualified immunity there. But we've heard about it a lot in we've the We've heard about it a lot. That's situations. what it's about. That's what it's about. That's right. And I'm glad to know that the uh, Florida... I was glad you asked uh, Tyson for an update on the Florida State University student uh, who was canceled. Uh, um, I, I think it's important that um, that they won that case, that cancel culture was defeated, mm-hmm. and that um, Catholics and its teaching based on the truth were allowed. That's right. That's right. And uh, and so we want to thank people that work for ADF and places like in Pacific Justice, even Beckett, and, uh, and other places where they provide pro bono legal representation for people who are being denied their freedoms, and, that, and that's good. We want to support those people. And we are just about out of time now, so... We ought to close with our prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be a protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. For Gina and myself, thank you for listening. Join us again next week for another edition of Faith on Trial. Until then, have a blessed and peaceful week. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano. Faith on Trial, Thursdays at 10 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio, iowacatholicradio.com, and the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients.